Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. Each episode, we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, they're innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals. Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies, gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast. We have a very special episode for you here this evening. Um, We want you to be masterminds in every realm of your life, which brings me to welcome to the relationship advice from the American Masterminds. Rob and Miss Lovely Annie Adams, welcome to the show. Thank you. Guys, let's jump right into this. Tell us what you got. Well, um, the reason we wanted to do this podcast, Topher, is because um, Annie and I, uh, we have a lot of people that look to us and they say relationship goals. Like when I grow up, I want to have a relationship like you and Annie. I hear that from a lot of my guy friends. And of course, all of Annie's friends think I'm delightful. True. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them. We know who you are. Yeah, we know who you are. Um, and, um, and so we've uh, thought about doing a podcast, talking a little bit about um, our journey to this point and how it's not all, you know, rainbows and unicorns um, along the way. And so when we talk about some of the, uh, the things that we've done or the direction that our relationship is going, we are still in this place of, uh, of learning and so I wanted to share a little bit about our journey because I think that there's some real value in um, what we've learned. We've been together for how long now? Uh, 14 years. 14 years. And married how long? Thir- 12. 12. 12. 12 years. And um, I asked her that because I would have got that wrong. Right, right. Yeah, smart. <laughs> I almost got it wrong. Yeah. Um, and so um, Annie and I, so for me, um, I was uh, a little bit older when I met Annie. Um, and I'm, I'm 17 years older than than Annie is. And so I had been married. I have, uh, um, I had children that were teenagers and Annie didn't have any kids when we first met. In fact, why don't you tell the story about how we first met? Okay. All of it. Just the good parts. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I was working for a company and my company was using Rob's company to fulfill our product. And they decided we were getting big enough. We need to outsource the whole shipping department. So the whole shipping department was now going over to his company. And I was part of the shipping department. So I thought I was going to transition over to this new company. And my manager at the time was trying to hook me up with this guy. And I was all about it. I was a single girl. So I'm like, cool, let's let's get it. Um, I knew this guy's name was Tyson. And so I was looking for Tyson everywhere I could. And I walked past, um, somebody in the warehouse loading a truck one day. And I thought that guy has got to be Tyson. That guy's cute. So I go up front and I'm asking all the people who's back there, who's loading that truck. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And someone said, I should know. Will you go find out? And I had a couple girlfriends with me. So they were helping boost my confidence. And I'm like, yeah. I I will. So we walk back there and I'm like, hi, what's your name? And this guy just didn't say anything. 
for so long that I was like, what do I do? Do I walk away? While I looked at her, I turned <laughs> and I just looked. Which for Rob to be speechless, you know that's a big event. <laughs> Fact. So finally, after a long pause, he said, I'm Rob Adams. And being as young as I was, I'd never heard anyone use their full name. So I thought that was old. That was a panic move out of you, wasn't it? <laughs> I was just glad I remembered. <laughs> I totally forgot my name. I actually thought to myself, it's in my wallet. I can look in my wallet. I've got it written down. I had never seen such a beautiful woman. I had never seen such a beautiful girl. I was stunned. And um, yeah. And then. And then he said, what's your name? And so I said my full name, which at the time was Courtney Burroughs. So I said, I'm Courtney Burroughs. And that's, that's how we met. It was Love she had Princess sight. Leia buns in her hair. She had these crazy, like, big old Princess Leia buns, and she was wearing these pink furry boots and had on these jeans, and just, my God, I'd never, I was devastated. <laughs> Ruined me for the rest of the day. Couldn't finish loading the truck. I kind of closed the door right then, and we were half loaded. Let's get out of here. Yeah, so I didn't end up going over to that company. I stayed with my company. I'm, I'm a huge asset, so. Sure, sure. Um, but I had to work with Rob. I got to work with Rob integrating all of the systems and so we became friends hmm. and that's so, how it started so how long were you guys kind of working together and playing this game we were friends only for um like four or five months and then i would have never um i would have never like come on to annie um way too cute and um, way too young Lot, there was a lot of reasons. Those are two of the actually the smallest reasons why I wouldn't ever come on to Annie. So it, would, it didn't even really occur to me that um, she thought I was dead sexy. Mm-hmm. He also lied about his age. So I did. Well, he couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah what did <laughs> I say? What did I say? Ten years younger. You said you're 28. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wasn't for- too much older than me. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> I forgot about that part. And then um, I wanted to get in shape. And I had known that Rob had lost 100 pounds over a certain amount of time. And he was going to the gym. And so I asked him to train me at the gym. And we started going to the gym together. And then we just couldn't stay away from each other. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, I think everybody kind of wants that moment. It's really cool and special when you get it. Like that instant, whoa, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a very special, special thing. That, and I've heard this story from you several times. Yeah, it's better from her. It's freaking hilarious every time I hear it. (laughs) Yeah, terrible, so smooth with the ladies, got the moves. Somehow she stuck around, and um, we we started dating. Um, She moved in uh, to my apartment. Um, It was a bumpy, it was a period, bumpy period of time uh, with my ex-wife, and all of that was happening. I had three daughters, and so um, Annie is the oldest of a large family, the oldest child of a, a large family, and so she had raised all these other kids. And so she wasn't afraid of a few teenagers. And um, I had a um, Mariah. I was afraid, actually. I was, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck did I just get myself into afraid? So she stepped into kind of a train wreck. because, And I was very clear about, um, after I told her how old I actually was, um, I was very honest about everything else and about the kids and, and all the things. And I am a firm believer that um, I made these kids and I'm going to stick with them till the end regardless and um, you need to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I made my kids, they were my priority at that time. And then um, Annie and I, our relationship was getting more and more serious. She, um, she would stay at my house 
more regularly than she was staying at her house. And so she was pretty much moved in. And um, I just ne- we just never looked back. We were just kind of a, a pair after that. We traveled a little bit together. We did. We had some miserable travel experiences. And I just had such a wonderful time with her through these miserable experiences. I'm like, this person has a lot of the qualities I admire in a person as far as like being able to ride out a bad situation and being able to um, make the best of life. And I just was having a wonderful time with her. Um, we ended up buying a house together in Taylorsville, which is a 30-year commitment. Yeah, um, big one. Yeah, it's, it's more serious than uh, divorce, uh, marriage being divorce, where our rate is about 57% in the state. Did you know it was that high? I do know that's that high, yeah. Amazingly high, yeah, it's pretty high. And so we ended up getting married at the house in Taylorsville, and it was a great wedding. We had it in the backyard, and Annie kind of called the shots. We, we had a, a friend marry us, and um, we've been working on being a couple for a long time. Um, when I came into the relationship, I'd already been married twice. I married this a same girl two times and I had three daughters with her. And so by the time I made it to Annie, I'd kind of been a little bit domesticated and maybe even a little bit um, ruined because I had learned some bad habits along the way. And so Annie had to retrain, re- rehouse train me a little bit. But the what we're going to talk about today um, in our journey is some of the things that we've learned along the way that I think that people need to know in their relationships in order to make it work. I think with divorce rates as high as they are, it's easier for us now to be um, to to quit. It's easier to quit than it is to make it work. And the thing that I, one of the things that I want to start out talking about is that if I would um, be with Annie or if I would be with someone else. I would bring the same set, the same same skill set and problems into the relationship. I can't change who I am um, when I step into that relationship. I can only work on it in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And Annie has been a tremendous mirror for me along the road to um, see my shortcomings or to see where I'm actually strong. And um, and so what I want to talk about is how we've made it work. And so what do you think the one of the biggest reasons we've been able to um, kind of make it this long? We're both stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) No quitters on this boat. All right. Yeah, we're going to row. We're going to row until this boat sinks. (laughs) Oh, it's a lot of things, but really that is it. Forgiveness, 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 compassion, and forgiveness. And forgiving somebody, forgiving anybody comes with realizing that nobody's perfect, Mm -hmm. that we all mess up and there's been times that I've needed forgiveness from Rob and there's been times that he's needed forgiveness from me and more times a lot more yeah one can only assume (laughs) a lot more (laughs) Uh, it's not true but just when you can forgive and start fresh and really that is the key you can't hold all of the person's faults against them in the future you can't use that as being a jerk well, you did that, so now I get to do this. That's not how relationships thrive. But you have to forgive and start fresh. And why not? Because if you got divorced or if you broke up with your partner, you're going to start fresh again anyways. You're going to mm-hmm. start fresh with a new person. A new set of problems. A new set of problems. You're going to get to the same point. If we got divorced now, I'd probably get 14 years with the next person and then be in the same place. Because I didn't... If 
if you can't make it work, which I hate that phrase, but it takes effort. If you can't make it work with the person you're with, you won't make it work with somebody else because nobody's perfect. We all have problems. And so forgiveness is huge. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is number one. And then expectations, like moving forward. What's the boundary? Right. One of the things that I really want to stress as we're getting into this is that Annie and I are only expert levels up to about 14 years. Um, there's, there's new problems that are coming that we need to face together. There's new challenges that are coming, and that might be health. That might be financial. There, we, we haven't faced some of these things together, uh, maybe a little bit of health and maybe a little bit of financial. But for the most part, our lives have been pretty good in those regards. And so when you listen to um, counselors, I've gone to marriage counselors and asked them, or so... How long have you been married? Oh, I'm not married. How many kids do you have? Oh, I don't have any kids. Right. What am I doing sitting here in front of you? You don't know what you're talking about. Or a marriage counselor that's coming on and they're talking about how great they are, but they're at year number two. Well, we're doing great at year number 14. Do you know what I mean? So we're not, we don't have it figured out. But to this point, in this small window, we've got some things figured out. And that's where I want to come from. We're not marriage experts at year 16 because we haven't, we haven't got there yet. Mm -hmm. But up to now, we're still married. I mean, at what level of happiness are we? That's the question, right? But I'm happy. I'm, I'm working on my happiness. Uh, I think one of the reasons that we're still together is because we both decided early on that I'm not in charge of making Annie happy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm only in charge of one person's happiness, and he's out of control. That guy is a lunatic. You know what I mean? I'm right. in charge of Rob, and I'm barely in charge of him, and I'm only actually in charge of how he reacts to things. Right. And he's not even in charge of like the things that are happening in his life. He's only in charge of his reactions. That being the case, it took a lot of pressure off of me because in my first relationship, I felt responsible for making my wife happy. And because I worked so hard on making her happy and it wasn't working, that was her belief too. That was my job to make her happy. I was letting her down continually. So then, therefore, I'm not enough. I'll never be enough to her. And on top of that, she, I, I start to um, hold um, hard feelings towards her and she starts to um, have hard feelings towards me because we're both miserable. I'm miserable. Now she's miserable. And so we made an agreement early on that you're going to work on you and I'm going to work on me and we're going to come together and compare notes. We're going to do these things. And so in that, Annie's allowed me to go um, to Peru and spend time with a shaman by myself and, and do ayahuasca. I've allowed Annie to go to women's retreats with all these crazy ladies and, and learn about her in her time and read books. But we always come back together. And the thing that I like about this is when I come back, I'm like, guess what I learned about myself? And she's patient enough and wise enough to hear what I have to say. And I try to slow down enough to hear what she has to say. And so that's a big one is you can't make anybody happy. Mm -hmm. um, on the other side of the coin, um, she can't make me mad. Um, I'm in charge of me being mad. Well, you're in charge of your reactions. Right. And so if I take um, um, that, that responsibility for my emotions and I'm in charge of making myself mad or making myself happy, then I can't be blaming of Annie. God, I can't believe she did that. It makes me so mad. Well, I, that's my choice. That's my decision to be that way. And Annie, um, we've never used these words towards each other, but I think she believes that too. Like if she wants to be mad about the fact that I'm leaving my shoes out, then it's her choice. And she's made that choice. She's like made that choice. Like, well, I'm just not going to let that bother me. I have other things that I can, mm -hmm. I can worry about. Does that, does that seem accurate? Yeah, it's, I mean, still put your shoes away, but yeah. I'll just, I'll just <clears throat> if it's in my way, if I'm going to trip on those shoes in the middle of the night, then I'll just move them to his side so he can trip on them, you know, like not intentionally, but I don't want intentional. to, I try to be intentional about 
my happiness. Like Rob said, I'm deciding. And so if it's going to bother me that he puts his shoes out, I can either, I get to make a choice. I can put them away because I don't want them out, but that's not really what's bothering me. It's not bothering me that they're out. It's bothering me that he doesn't care enough to put them away, but I can't change him. I can't, I can nag him to the point that he's going to do it because he doesn't want to hear me nagging anymore, but I don't want that either. I just don't want to trip on these shoes really. Like it's fine. So the best choice is pick up those shoes and just move them over. He can deal with those shoes when he wants to. (laughs) The dishes, on the other hand, I don't just leave dirty dishes in the sink. If he's left dirty dishes in the sink, I've made a choice to, well, I don't like that. They're in the sink. And so I'm going to put them in the dishwasher, but I'll leave them in there until I feel like doing it. So this is the hardest thing for people to for women do for humans to do is if you want real change, if you want real happiness in any aspect of your life, it's taking personal responsibility for what is your part. Agreed. That's true. It's not blaming, blaming, blaming. If you're going to blame and be a victim, then you're always going to be miserable because nobody's going to change for you. Nobody cares about that for you. But if you really want happiness, you say, well, what part of this is mine? Well, I, I want the dishes clean or put away because that's important to me. Rob's over there watching TV and enjoying his evening and I can either go do that with him and leave the dishes because obviously he doesn't care that they're dirty. So I have to make a choice. Why am I worried about these dishes for me, for my happiness, or because I think that he will be mad if I don't do the dishes? Because a lot of us do that, right? Well, I better get this done because they're going to be mad. We're making these covert contracts. And so just deciding what's my part, why am I doing what I'm doing, having this intention and communicating about it is very important. Well, you know, I think you made you make a very good point there, okay? One of the things that I really admire about both of you is that you guys are constantly striving to grow and learn, all right? And you, you've allowed each other to do that in your own lanes. Um, I think a, one of the biggest mistakes to what you just said, the covert contracts, right? Most people, they get into a, a pattern, and they, they just kind of, as a guy, you're just looking for the path of least resistance of, of getting through that. Well, I better pick up my shoes. It's not a, you know, it's not because it's where I want them or anything like that, but you're looking for the easiest way to make sure that there isn't a, a fight. But you guys are actively trying to seek and be better for yourselves so that you're better for each other. And I think that's a very important um, back piece of background behind you guys in the people that are uh, listening to this. So finding this, I would imagine that your, your life path, because of this, you guys do a lot of this that goes on, where it's because you're going down this path and I'm learning about this. Well, by the same time, you're, you're in the learning about this. And so it, it's this constant kind of trying to find a way to weave all this knowledge together and finding these secrets and, and you're saying stuff, I'm focusing on my happiness and you're, but the other question is, is you're asking, well, why am I, why do I even care about this? Okay, why does this actually matter to me? And that's a very big, important thing that I think a lot of people, they're not asking that. They're not asking why they're doing something or what they're, they're you know, trying to accomplish for their partner. That's a huge, huge point. You gotta ask why and you gotta try to figure this out together. I agree. I like the, the um, that we are weaving and swerving and coming together. We used to say, I used to say this years and years ago, I I realized that we are growing 
And sometimes my rate of growth is a lot quicker than Rob's and sometimes his is quicker than mine. But at the end of the day, as long as we're growing in the same direction Mm -hmm. and you can grow apart, but most of the time it's because one partner doesn't want to take personal responsibility, is going to be a victim and blame and not do anything to grow. And the other one is actually growing. That's usually Mm -hmm. when couples grow apart. And in our relationship, it hasn't been equal growth, but that we're both going in the same direction is what makes it. Well, you guys are a tree, Mm -hmm. right? You're growing. And then you got all these different branches and everything growing out Mm -hmm. and different paths and different hobbies or whatever it is, but you still have the base. Mm -hmm. And you're still growing in the same direction. Absolutely. So some of the things we do in order to grow in the same direction is we're trying to find things that we where we want to grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, I, I enjoy going to the gym and I have for a long time. It's been part of my um, spiritual journey. It's more than just a physical um, activity for me. And um, Annie has made it a point to come to the gym with me. And um, I love working out with Annie. It's a good time. We have a time to talk and sometimes we don't talk at all, but we're shoulder to shoulder. As a man, it, um, I'm designed to bond when we're we're working together. If we're shoulder to shoulder on a mission, then we are in, uh, we're, we're united. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's more important to me that we're doing something like that because it's, it's not just the language, it's that connection that I feel to Annie. Um, when we don't do stuff like that, then we're growing apart. And so we started doing karate together. You know, we're doing some fun things together that are um, challenging physically, but we're doing them together because it's important for us to be growing um, together at the same time. A lot of times we'll read books um, and we'll then we'll, we'll both read the book and we'll talk about the book or we'll read a series together. We, we just finished a series, which was way too girly for me. <laughs> Um, Annie's actually working on the last book I had to check out of how it's too much, but it was fun being like that guy, that bad guy needs to die. You know what I mean? Or, or can you believe that happened? And so there's some things that you have to do to really, um, to be together. Cause when you're very first together in a relationship, it's easy. Right. You know, you're going on walks, you're like turning off the TV at dinner. You're you got all kinds of stuff to talk about, you, stuff, yeah. you know, checking in at the end of the day. Tell yeah. me, how was your day? Tell me more. Oh my God. But when you're together for a long time, especially when you start mixing in kids and business, any of our business partners, we're also parents together. We have a lot of different things that we do together that you would seem like we're moving forward together, but we're just moving. To, we're just moving together. We're not, we're not really united. And so there's periods of time where I don't feel connected to Annie. And so what am I doing to intentionally be connected to her? The question that I need to be asking myself is how, how, how is my connection with, with my partner? And um, what can I do to improve that today? It's part of my MVP. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, because this is so important, it's one of the big three areas of my life that if this, one of these three areas fail, I'm failing. Like it will, it will affect me on all other levels. Do you know what I mean? Like there's these different areas. This is a core area. And so it's important for me to check in with Annie and, um, and to communicate to her how I need to be checked in with. Now, Annie's wise enough to know what my love languages are. So she knows how to connect with me and to bring me out of my shell. As I came in the room tonight, I was deep in my, the, the kingdom of the skull is what I call it. When I start thinking about you know, how am I going to come up with this money and how am I going to feed these families and how am I going to have this conversation with a client and Dan, 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 I go down the road and pretty soon the noise is so loud. I don't really have time to talk. Um, and he's really good at cracking that nut by really connecting with me and really getting in front of me and asking me questions and 
holding my hand and just sitting with me until I work it out. Sometimes I don't want to talk. I just want to be in the kingdom and I just want to work on stuff, you know, the shop. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm up in the shop doing stuff. And so I, I guess where I'm trying to go with this is that it's important that you are sensitive to um, two things. Number one, um, your partner's love language. And number two, um, when to use it. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's sometimes when Annie shuts down and I have to realize that she's not shutting down um, because of me. It might be because of me, but I can't take it personal. I've got to leave her alone and let her work on it. Because if I'm going in there and being like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? She's going to be like, bah, leave me alone. I'm just, you know, she'll be journaling. And I, when she gets a pen out and she starts writing in her journal, I, try, I leave her alone. Because she's working on it. She's she's processing it. She's putting it together. And she's brilliant. She can work things through on her own without my help at all. I, I'm, I've realized that I'm more of a distraction than probably a, a, a help most of the time. But but when she's doing that, I know that. And she knows that about me too. What, what's something about me, like when you see me um, going into the kingdom of the skull, like what are you doing to, to stay connected to me? Well, I think it's important to ask because be, I assume right away, this is a bad habit, but I assume, oh, Rob's mad at me. I did something that I'm not even do. aware of. Yeah, yeah they, so what did I do wrong? But rather than assume that, I ask, are you okay? Are we okay? I give him a chance to tell me <clears throat> if we are or not. And if he says, <coughs> he says, yeah, we're good, then I'm good. I'm not going to worry about it. I gave him the chance. If he lied to me, that's on him. I'm not, I don't need to do anything now to change that because just like me, he can figure stuff out in his head too. He's working on it. He's in the skull kingdom. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. He's just working through it himself. How often of the times you ask me, am I actually mad at you? Oh, it's rare. It's, it's super rare. rare. Okay, <laughs> I got to ask, does that work in reverse? Yes. If you say you're okay, does that mean... I have to believe her. You have to believe her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's good to set this up with your spouse if she's a female because we get we get afraid to talk about our feelings because the men aren't always open to actually hearing about our problems. And so it usually happens early on in relationships that men have trained their woman, I don't want to talk about it. And so... If you're talking, if you're coming to your lady and you're like, hey, are you okay? You need to really be open and vulnerable to be like, if there's something going on, let's talk about it. I'm in a good space because most of the time men are okay because they're up in the school kingdom or they're doing their own thing. They're working on their own problems. But if you're not going to be emotionally available to your woman to actually hear what's going on, she's going to lie to you. She's going to say, I'm good. And when she's I'm not, fine. yeah. Yeah. So you have to make a new, you have to break that old pattern and be vulnerable first and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I've um, not been there for you. When I've asked, are you okay? I really want to work on that. I really want to sit down and you might be scared because women do get scared. Men have big energy. And so it's hard for women to get vulnerable and have big energy when it feels like their person they're wanting to talk to is going to try to fix the problem not hear them or something else. So did you hear what she just said? Oh God. Yes, I did. That is, that might very well be the biggest golden nugget on the relationship advice for girls dealing with guys. If oh, you for tell, guys. if you, I need you to throw an amendment 
in the start of this sentence, mm-hmm. tell me, I just need you to listen to me. Yes. Okay, fine. You've given me my instructions. I'm your guy. And that's what you need to ask. Is this, okay, hey, I want to talk to you. Um, you uh, your energy feels weird. Are we okay? Are you okay? Is there something I can help you with? And I want you to know that I'm here for you just to listen or I'm here for you to help you fix the problem. You tell me what I can do. How can I support you? Because my natural instinct. Solve problems. Solve problems. You bring me something, I'm, whatever it is, I'm going to figure out an answer for it. And most of the time for girls, sometimes for men, but for us, just talking about it solves the problem. I just need to get this off my chest. You don't have to talk. I asked Rob questions the other day. I was so mad and I was just in my head. I said, I don't want you to answer these because if I don't like the answer, it's just going to piss me off, but I need to let these out. So I just asked all my questions. Fired them at me. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, it was hard not to respond. It wasn't, or I should say even better react. It was hard not to react because some of the questions were just like, are you effing kidding me? Like, but this is what's in her heart and she needs to unload that. And I need to, I need to be able to receive it. And even if I'm just hearing it, not to solve it, just to hear it, I'm going to hear it. And I'm going to... Well, but maybe for guys, you know, understand that that is a form of, like you just said, that is a form of solving it, yeah. right? My only amendment is, is if you could tell us that going into it, I'm your, I'm your guy. Yeah. I will do whatever that is, but that is a form of solving it. Just, just sitting there and eating it. Just so you know, as the man, this, it's not up to her to, 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 to put the amendment in there. When she starts to unload on you, hey, man, I'm feeling this. I need to know what am I, what am I doing here? As soon as you start feeling like, oh, I want to fix this yeah. and help her solve this. As soon as that your trigger. That's your trigger. Be like, okay, before we go any further, I need to know. Are you just talking this? Am I just here to listen and hear you or? Do you need me to get the gun? Are we problem solving? Yeah. Whose car are we taking? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll, I will fix this right I'm now. There. I'm yeah. there. I got it. And it'll change your your energy. <laughs> if you are ready to attack and fix problems, your energy is going to get all amped up and ready to go. And that might distract her from even just talking to you. So when you feel that, just be like, oh, are we just talking about this? Am I just listening? Are we going to fix problems? And if you don't have a problem to fix, you're going to relax and be like, okay, I just need a huge load off because now I don't have to be in active listening mode. All I have to be in is, oh man, that's, That's that sucks. I'm so sorry. Gosh, I I could say how you're mad about that, you know? And I'll, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming up with any solutions. I'm just Let's let this water roll right off my back. Wow, that does suck. I, what can I do? What can I? How can I help you with this? Is there something? Just asking these uh, questions over and over again. I like to ask: Is there anything I can do? Because I think that sometimes that the problem solver c- could, I could help. I could, I could make this better. But she doesn't want that. Right. I want to reflect back for a second on uh, covert contracts. I want to spend a few minutes in that space because this is such an insidious way to erode a relationship. Every relationship has it, even if you're conscious of the term covert contract, you don't know that you have them. Mm-hmm. Um, the definition of a covert contract, hun, would you like to tell us what that is or you want me to? You do it. Is to have an expectation of your partner that is not communicated. For example, um, in our relationship, um, if I leave the dishes in the dishwasher or in the sink, I'm showing a clear sign of disrespect to Annie. Um, because she wants to have the dishes clean in the kitchen to be clean because she can't relax otherwise. And how could I be over there relaxing if I should know, I should just know better, but I don't know better. That's not how I was raised. We would 
I'll do the dishes together and, and knock it out or the sink would fill up and to, today's your day. Topher, you're in charge of dishes and now it's your turn, Alec. And we're just going to work our way around. And so there wasn't like a rush to as soon as you eat to clean. It just isn't how I was raised. But that's how Annie likes it to be. And so if I don't understand that, it's a covert contract that's going to continue to make her mad because I will continue to violate that agreement without knowing about it. And how can I be sorry about it if I don't even know I'm violating mm -hmm. the agreement? To compound that fact, and now Annie becomes mad at me for things that I don't even know that I'm doing. And you hear husbands say, like, when I walk in the door, I just apologize because they don't know what they don't know. Um, the fact of the matter is, is us men are really pretty simple creatures. Like, if you just give me the directions, like, I'm, I'll do my best Marching to make orders. I yeah, got it. Yeah, go. I'll do my best. I might mess it up <clears throat> once in a while, but I'm going to do my very best to try to make you happy because it's not worth it to me. It's not worth it for over dishes. That seems like a lot of energy wasted, you know, that we could just be relaxing and enjoying our evening together. I still mess that up. I still get in a hurry. I still put the dishes in there. I'll forget. I still mess it up. And now Annie's come to the point because she's communicated that to me that she's forgiving me for this shortcoming. But now there's times where I see dishes in the, in the um, sink that were left in there overnight and I will load the dishwasher and I'll run the dishwasher because I know that it bothers her. I had no idea that it was such a big deal. These covert contracts are in, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. They're in the bathroom. They're in the car. They're about work. They're about money. They're about sex. There's all kinds of things that you should know and that she should know about me. How do you not know that? Everybody knows that. Well, no, no, not everybody does know that. That's how it's going to be. And one of mine is I like to have the remote control put back in the same place every time. Like when I finish with something, I really like do my best to try to put it back where it is so that I can find it again because I will spend hours looking for that damn remote. You know what I mean? And it'll just be like right there. I just don't see it. I'm just looking, looking, looking. And that, it never happens. Now I have a, I live with a four-year-old daughter. It's like having a raccoon in my house. It's <laughs> hiding. It's always gone. She's, yeah, she's hiding and <laughs> putting things in her her easy bake oven. Why are my keys in there? It's just like, you never know. So it's never going to happen again, but it's not a covert contract with her. It's just a four-year-old. I bring this, uh, the covert contract up is because there's over and over again, this has been um, a point of contention in my relationship with Annie. And I see my friends having it happen all the time. And I don't know if they know about the covert contract. They just know that they're falling short of expectations, but what are the expectations? What do we do, Andy, to um, communicate our expectations more clearly? Well, first of all, you need to understand that everybody has a different language. Everybody. A word that means something to me doesn't mean the same thing to you or you or to anybody else. And you have to understand that because we can talk about communication all day long. But if you don't realize that language matters, your communicating is crap. You could be talking for hours and still not get the point. So first understanding, what does that word mean to you? Like when you say that, do you mean this or do you mean this? I could say something and Rob could take offense to it because of how the word is, because how he was raised, whatever it is. And I'm not meaning that. So do you have an example for us? I'll think about it. Um, but the way that we communicate these covert contracts is really just speaking it first. I think it goes back to love languages, knowing what the love language is and doing all this inner work has helped too. I realize that for me, 
part of my, I don't know what to call it, this issue that I have personally is speaking up, like speaking up for myself and not being afraid or being brave enough to be vulnerable to say, you know what, I really want you to put your dishes in the dishwasher and not worry that he's going to be mad about it. It's ridiculous, right? But something inside of me, because maybe my mom or dad or how my parents lived makes me feel afraid to ask for what I want. I feel like I'm unworthy of asking my husband to put his dishes in the dishwasher. And so even just in that, in, in him knowing that, knowing that, and it's not words per se, but it's this energy, him knowing that this is a big deal for me and I haven't said it because I'm afraid to, is going to give him more power to want to do this for me because it makes sense. Not just, oh, this bitch is crazy that she can't just put dishes in the dishwasher. No, like it's a trauma thing. It's, it really affects me. And just being able to tell Rob that solved it. It was, it had nothing to do with the dishes. It was me. It was a learning experience for me being able to say, being able to feel worthy enough in my own house, in my own marriage to be like, this is how I feel. Can you please do this? It would make my life better. And now when he leaves his dishes in the sink, it doesn't bother me because the problem wasn't about the dishes. It was about me being able to talk about my problem, Hmm. period. How did Rob take that when you told him that? So this is how it happened. (laughs) You're not going to believe this. Hang on, fellas. He was like, what the fuck? The dishes? Are you serious? No, no, no. So the real real (laughs) riddle was the context. I'm like, hey, we've been married now for a minute. And, you know, you've had a baby. And your body has changed. And I want more than anything in the world to do for you whatever it is that you want in order to feel fully sexually loved, the, all of it. I just want to, man, I want, tell me what it is. I want to use these words because, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you're working at the shop. If you're working on the wrong part of the machine, it doesn't matter. You know right. what I mean? It's still broken. And I wanted to make sure I was working on the right part of our um, intimacy and I felt like, oh, this is my chance. I, Rob has so asked I'm me. I'm asking her ready. about what can I do in the bedroom that is going to really, <laughs> you know, light the fires, kick the tires. Let's get this party started. And she says, I'd like you to put your dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about right now? I was beside myself. I felt like, <laughs> did I just... Did I just get, did I, am I in another dimension right now? Did I just like arrive recently in this room and I was like part of a different conversation and are you, who are you, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you, who are you talking to? Like I was blown away so much to the point where I'm like, I did say that. Are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like what? I was mad. He was mad. I was really he was mad. so mad. Because I, I thought it was a really great question. <laughs> And I thought it was a great answer, but without the language, without understanding that all of this thing, this trauma that I have and the dishes being in there and the feeling I get that you don't, you don't honor my time because I'm working my ass off all day and you take your dish to the sink and leave it there when you could just put it in the dishwasher tells me you don't give a shit about my time that here I am busting my ass. And apparently you can't see that because here's one more thing to do. And so then when we're having sex, all I can think of just left his fucking dishes in the sink again. Like, This is an illustration of the difference between how a woman's brain works and a man's brain works. 
This is a clear, clear <laughs> language. Illustration. I can give you the guy playbook that will work on about 95% yeah. of guys. I can lay it out. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I was I was beside myself so much that I didn't want to talk to her for the rest of the I was that was like, okay, I'm done talking to you. Like tonight's over. Going to bed. <laughs> it's like, like two in, in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, three thirty. I was in bed. <laughs> well, that's, I need that's to take normal. A nap. So, <laughs> come on. Anyway, so I went and I have a few really amazing female um, mentors and friends in my life. I've been really lucky that I can have men and women friends that are honest and that can be truthful with me. And uh, try, finding a trusted source sometimes is the most important thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. So I went to my female friends and I said, so uh, let me tell you what happened last night. Let me explain this and I need some advice. And um, they're all like, yeah, you should put your dishes in the dishwasher. Like this isn't how your brain works, but this is all what Annie's thinking about. It doesn't matter how romantic you are. If you brought flowers home, if you took her to a beautiful restaurant and did all these things. But if you do that one thing, that's what's going to be on her mind, keeping her from being present. Hmm. It's going to keep her out of the now. It doesn't matter how beautiful you've made the now. It doesn't matter because that's the one thing she'll focus on because that's how our brains work. And I, when they told me that, I just had a moment of like, whoa, that sucks <laughs> that you can get hung up on something like that and it gets stuck in your brain and that's the way that it is. But I'm the same way. I can get something stuck in my head and I will not leave it alone until I either worry it to death or I figure it out. Right. I'm going to work it to death. And it, we're the same that way, men and women. It's just we're in, in those ways we're different, the, how it works. And so I, when I had that come around to waking up to like, okay, this is, this is important to Annie. And if I can do this, then Annie will feel love. And if she feels love, well, then I'll, I'll get more love. You know what I mean? Like it's gotcha. a, it's a quid pro quo. So now I put the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> Oh yeah. Look at that. <laughs> take your that, sexy outfit on. Take that. You filthy cup. <laughs> and I'm putting all those things in there. But the other thing too, is I really go the extra mile. Now, if I'm conscious enough, enough, I'm awake enough. And I see that the sink is full of dishes. What is the greatest thing I can do for my partner that is going to move the needle the most? What's one thing I could do? That will help her feel loved and respected by me. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna load the dishwasher, even though I do it wrong. I do it poorly. I can't get as many dishes in as she can, and they're never as clean as um, when she gets them done. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is that I made the effort to try to do it because I love her, and that is her hot button. And so I'll push that button as often as I can it, when I'm conscious of it. When I'm in the kingdom of the skull, which is most of the time, I don't. I don't think to do those things and she forgives me for it. And so we've come to this truce along the lines. And this is, this is kind of a silly example, but it was a pivotal moment in our relationship where it occurred to me that this, this creature is different than I am. And it's important that I'm still asking those questions with an open mind and that I can try to hear it. And if I can't hear it, I need to go find that trusted source, male or female, and talk it out until I understand it more fully. There's been times when Annie and I have had disagreements and I've had to be like, or she's had to be just like, we, okay, let's take a break right now. And we go and we work on it and we come back and figure it out. I think this is a good example because it hits <clears throat> on so many points that apply to every single situation in your relationship. When Rob was just telling us about how he'll load the dishwasher, but he doesn't always do it right. He can't fit as many dishes in there. You guys need to know I never have ever complained about how Rob loads a dishwasher, ever. <clears throat> he has an insecurity 
that's his own insecurity about that. that I get so, it from your mom. So he automatically assumes, because we all have these filters, so in his language, well, I'm not going to do it right anyways, so I'm just not going to do it. Mm. And me knowing that, and it's just about observation and continuing to work on the self, on yourself, because that's how you start seeing another person for their faults and their trauma without all this blaming stuff. But like him saying that you could think that, well, Annie's, you know, criticizing how he does the dishes. So he doesn't want to do the dishes. I'd never criticize him about doing the dishes. He has an insecurity for his own personal thing. So I have more that would compassion. Seem to me, though, that it would be a very easy thing to train out. No, no, it's no, not. no. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just, a, it's a fact. Like I've, I've ever unloaded Annie's, loaded dishwasher which is another thing i do to try to love on her is to when she opens it up because there's no clean dishes i've already i've already done it you know what i mean it's like a little gift that i have waiting for her a little surprise (laughs) Um, but when i open up that dishwasher it is packed and there's no bowls that are holding filthy water you know what i mean there's no (laughs) there's no like things happening it's all clean it's amazing that it's in there so like tetris level tight and my mine's just like (laughs) i throw it in there and I'll run the dishwasher twice if I have to. There's still stuff in the sink, but I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal for me. So it's a fact that I cannot be as efficient as Annie is. And I appreciate that now more than ever because of this kind of this journey we've been on together. I think a big thing in our relationship is realizing that we do have problems. Like you've got your own insecurities that came with you to this relationship and they're yours. They have nothing to do with me. And I have my own insecurities that I brought in. And talking about those really helps. It helps you, me understand his language. Well, this is what this means to him. And it, this is what this means to me. And so just being vulnerable about like how you feel and what stresses you out and how, you, how your parents traumatized you and having compassion for that. And well, how can, we, how can we move forward with this? How can we get better together rather than being like well you're fucked up you need to go get help that sounds like a you problem yeah yeah Uh, the other thing too i um really believe that um is we're getting really better much better at asking for what it is we want um, and knowing what we want um if annie can ask me if she can plainly ask me for what she wants i will i will do it if um don't tell me to do it. I, then I never do it. But if she can ask me, like, this is really important to me and here's why and, and this is what I want. Well, I will, I, will move, I will move heaven and earth to make it happen. If I can, I will. Because why not? I'm, I'm with her because I like to make her happy. It's fun for me to do that. But if I don't know, I just don't know. And so Anne is getting better at using her words to tell me what she wants. And I am too. This is important to me. For example, one of the things that's important to me is when I'm leaving in the morning um, and I'm going out to slay dragons, I don't want to hear I love you. I don't want to hear that. That doesn't that doesn't really do anything for me because I, I know she loves me, obviously. You know, she here she is, you know. Um, what I need to hear from her is you can do it. I believe in you. She doesn't even need to know what's on my schedule, but I need to know from her that what I'm going to go do, which can be tremendously difficult, she knows that I can do it whatever it is, doesn't matter. I, I could be, I'm going out to have lunch with a friend to I'm going to interview or do one of the toughest conversations I've had this year. She believes that I can do it. And so 
that's what I need to hear from her. And I had to tell her that. I had to tell her that's what I need. If I can't use those words, Topher, how would she know? How can I get my tank filled to feel significant, to feel loved if I don't use those words? Because that is a covert contract. Well, then you can't build a relationship on covert contracts. No. And the, almost all relationships are. Yes. The, this weird agreement that I'm going to, I'm going to lie where are the stars have aligned and we're going to be happy, happily ever after. And all of this, it's a fairy tale of wonderful love and happiness. 57% say that's not true. Yeah. And so one of the other things is, is that we've decided we've made the decision that divorce or separation isn't language that we're going to use. Hmm. I want to throw that down, and I think that there's a place for divorce. I've been divorced twice before from the same girl. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that sometimes divorce is necessary. Sometimes when I have friends getting a divorce, I always say to them, congratulations, and I'm sorry because it sucks. But also, congratulations. Congratulations. You know, it might, it might be necessary. Annie and I are making an effort to not use that language. That is not an option. She can, she can, I, I can sleep downstairs. I'll sleep on the couch, we'll, but we're figuring it out. We're going to make this work. We've made a commitment and we've decided with one another that no matter what, no matter how shitty things get or how good things get, you're my person. And because I've made that decision, there's no, it's a vacuum. It takes a lot of pressure off of me to be anything other than Annie's. Mm -hmm. um, and Annie knows that that's the case. She feels safe. And if Annie feels safe, well, then I feel respected. And those are the things that we need to communicate back and forth. If I don't feel respected and um, she doesn't feel safe, then love isn't happening in our relationship. Hmm. So let's go back to the love languages because uh, no, if you don't know yourself, you're not going to know your language. You're not going to be able to your say own love language? both. So you're saying, so we need to know ourselves to be able to communicate that to our partner. What do I even need? Do I even know? So that's why the inner work and the self work is so important. You can't leave yourself out. You can't just be working on your relationship as a whole. You have to be working on yourself or the relationship isn't going to go anywhere. So knowing yourself and knowing what your love languages are and what your traumas are and all those things, but the love languages is so important. And you can get the book, the five love languages, take the test. So, you know, knowing that is step one. I know Rob's are physical touch and words of affirmation. And if I want him to feel love from me, those are what I'm going to give him. Mm -hmm. I know that. But also, because I know that his language is words of affirmation and physical touch, when he gives those to me, even though those aren't mine, but when he gives them to me, I am receiving them as love because those are his. And he knows that mine are acts of service and quality time. So when he gives those to me, it's a big deal. But he also knows that when I'm giving those to him, it's saying, I Same love thing. you from right. my language. You have to do it both ways. It's not one-sided. Right. Yeah. Because um, naturally, we are only going to give and receive it the way that we want it, the way that we like it, right. the way that we prefer it. And acts of service, I, I love it when someone's kind to me and helps me and does some great things to me, but it, for me, but it, that doesn't, doesn't move the needle. Like, I need those words of affirmation and that I need to hold your hand. I need you to rub my back need you to, you know, all the things that that's what my, 
my language is. And so we're smart enough to know that giving, this is her giving me acts of service. Now, what does that mean? What is an act of service that's actually doing the dishes, doing the dishes, but what is quality time? What's quality time? I'll tell you the, the best thing that I can do for Annie on our date night, which we, we do. We'll talk about that Tuesdays. Thank you, Aaron and Shanna. Great idea is that I will leave my phone at home. I don't even bring it in the car on the date. So it's not like I'm in the car on my phone and then we get out and I'm on the date. I leave my phone on the charger at home. We get in the car. We're going to listen to some music. We're going to connect. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to have dinner. That's, that's the definition it's important to understand what that means. What, right, because quality time, this goes back to your example, like quality time to Rob is shoulder time. Maybe watching a movie together, mm-hmm. not talking, just... Riding motorcycles together. Perfect. Doing quality time. stuff <laughs> yeah. together, shoulder to shoulder. But quality time for me is the vulnerability, like talking, communicating, being open to figuring things out, kind of working on something together or just telling me how your day is and actually making an effort to be present with me without all the other distractions. And even if we're talking about all the stuff that happened that day or the future or whatever it is, we're doing it together. We're talking about it together. So for you in a, nut- <clears throat> for you in a nutshell, quality time is eyes up here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, eyes together we're talking we're doing whatever Even walking it is. we'll go on walks and so it's not necessarily that but yeah that there's no other distractions it's not you're not being pulled the energy is fully with the two of us it's not being pulled or pushed anywhere else so you can see that i don't need to go buy her a ring i don't need to go buy her flowers because gifts is not her language now if i was a man and i was going out and i was buying gifts and buying her rings and yachts and cars and things like that thinking that I was pushing the button, like I'm doing all of the things, but that doesn't mean anything to Annie. They're nice. And she appreciates it. She sees that I'm doing my efforts, but I could, it's the wrong efforts. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing that I can do is set my phone down and look her in the eye. And how was your day? How's things going? Tell me the truth. Like use your words. Sometimes I have to kind of coax her, use your words. Come on. Cause she'll get up in the kingdom of the skull and she won't want to talk about it. Or she's been fighting with the four-year-old all day and she's done talking. You know, she just wants to go for a walk. Some, one of her favorite things to do is we'll listen to music and draw. I mm. mean, we don't have to be, we don't have to be being vulnerable, but we have to be present. Right. And that's where it's at. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And so if you don't know what your partner's love language is, you better. If you don't know what your love language is, you better because you are going to regret not knowing because you don't even know how to ask to be happy. I don't even, if you don't know what your love language is, you don't even know what to ask your partner for to make you feel like you're connected. So how could you feel connected? The thing about being a dude is I can do one thing today that makes any incredibly happy and then do the same thing tomorrow and it doesn't work at all. And then I don't know what I just did. What just happened right there? Well, it's because it's not the right language. I just, I just got lucky one time. You know what I mean? Mm. And getting lucky is for suckers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can I circle back to something? Yes. That I'm, I'm curious about? So we talked about the dishes being your the covert contract, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have an example that you give for, for on the other side? Rob, covert contract. Easy. Without going into the bedroom. Let's, let's yeah. put a, yeah. Um. Well, if you think my love language is touch, yeah. it's, that's a big one. 
but for an example of, of how you've na- I'm looking for more of how you navigate that. He, um, a covert contract that Rob has uh, with me and others is be available to him whenever he needs you because he doesn't need people all the time. He can do it on his own most of the time he does. And so in his mind, he feels like when I'm calling you, you better answer because it's important. That's so true. Fair enough. Okay. And he just gets like this one track mind. And so he thinks if you didn't answer, that's such disrespect. Like you just disrespected me so hard without considering I'm doing things like I'm doing all this other stuff. And so that's been an issue for us that has gotten better. He's realized now like, okay, okay. Annie is doing a ton of stuff. If she can do it by herself, she will too. So if she didn't answer the phone, there's She's a reason. It's a good, there's a good reason. But or I for, need to find another way to do it. Or be patient. Which is mostly how it works, so be patient. <laughs> but if Annie doesn't answer the phone, she's probably doing something else that's just as important or more important than this. I have to like realize that my crisis isn't everyone's crisis. But that is true. I feel a lot of disrespect if, I, if you don't answer the phone. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you for help, Topher, unless I really, really need it. Right. That's how I was raised. Otherwise, do it yourself. Right. And so, in order for me to make that phone call, it's a big step for me to even. Well, to, I, I, I resonate with that, right? If I'm asking for help, I have exhausted everything that I know yeah. to possibly do. I'm out of I'm, ideas. I'm out of ideas, and I'm genuinely coming for help, and that's that's a hit to my ego to do that. Right. 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 And so I spin out on it. It's not even, it's not even that it needs to be done. I'll spin out on the, like, I don't even know what to do. I'm lost here. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll spin right out so that I'm, it'll take over the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So he, his covert contract is like, he's made a commitment and it might include me or somebody else without telling us. So the covert contract is, Hey, you have to do this now. Cause I signed us up for this, but I'm just telling you now. And so that's that's an example of one of Rob's. Hmm, okay. And it's gotten better for us. He, I've, It's in there now. Like, okay, Annie's busy too. Because I'm the same. If I call you, it's probably an emergency because I'll do it by myself. Yeah. That's the truth. Okay. Let me throw, can I throw a curveball at you now? Yeah. Okay. So we've, you guys have been together for 14 years. All right. You've made this commitment that divorce and separation is not on the table. But every day is not sunshine and rainbows, right? So this may be for my own morbid curiosity. What is, and I'm going to ask you individually here, what is Rob's fighting style? Hmm. Uh, retreat. Retreat. Stonewalling. I'm a stonewaller. Go silent? Yeah. Yep. It's not worth it to me to argue with you about it. Okay. Especially if you're wrong. So, and then <laughs> Rob, what's Annie's fighting style? It's the same, actually. We're the same that way. Like she will, uh, she'll retreat if not. It's not worth fighting over. I'll work it out. I'll figure it out on my own. Fine. Fuck you. I'll I'll get this taken care of on my own. So what's the okay? So if you're both stonewalling, we have Mexican standoff here. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, you've done this a lot. What is the resolution? How do you guys bring it back? I think that this might be actually a strength to our relationship. I feel like a lot of women want to talk about it like my fighting style is very masculine to retreat and because we have taken some time and space like and I'll go call other people I know talking to him is not going to work and so I'll go call my friends call wise women who are going to 
tell it to me straight and hear me out and know all the things. And so I'll go talk to them. And I call people who are really going to tell me what my problem is because I've realized that I can't change except for myself. And so tell me where I'm missing this here. What am I missing? How can I take responsibility? And then it really resolves a lot of the issue anyways. So then when we do get to go back together, I'm not as mad. I'm not as hot. And I can easily say, I'm sorry I was wrong. If you want to end a fight, those are the words you need to say. Whether you really believe you're sorry and wrong about that thing, it doesn't matter. You're wrong about something. And you're sorry about something. So you go and say that. And let's let's make that clear, though. It's not that you aren't sorry about the matter. Um, if you're angry, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're mad, you're you wrong. You lost control you're of wrong. what you can yeah. control. Right. And so you're wrong. Right. It doesn't matter how right you are. Right. You've, you're wrong. And so that's what we're apologizing for is the wrongness of losing the temper and for, for lo- like hard words. And we say hard words to one another. We've had we've had those arguments where we're not stonewalling and we're going back and forth, and um, that's not pleasant either. I don't like that either. I don't I don't like saying things that I'm going to have to be sorry for later. And, and it's exhausting. It's oh, yeah. exhausting to keep track and to stay up on it. And so we're really good at. Um, I think that Annie and I are really good at not getting to the point where we're saying things just to hurt one another. Annie has enough respect for me to know that. That um, that it's it's not worth it to do that, and I love her enough that I don't want to make her cry. I don't want to upset her that way. It's not worth it in the long run. There's a, we have other problems. Whatever the problem is, is the problem. The, throwing angry words in is just going to add more things that I need to be sorry about. Do you know what I mean? I made the mistake. Now I've on top of the mistake, I've said mean things. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a tendency to say mean things and something to think about because you're just kind of adding to the problem, if that's how you resolve the problem, then good on you. It just isn't our style. Sure. Um, and so we'll separate and talk to our wise men and wise women that we have in our lives. And that's a simple phone call to someone in the club. That's a simple phone call for me or, um, or I'll journal it out. And sometimes it takes a couple of days for us to come back around. It's not like we're going to bed with this resolved, those people that are like, don't go to bed angry. It's hard to do. Go to bed yeah. angry sometimes. It's okay yeah. to go to bed angry. Um, but to just to stay in that space, feel your feelings, feel your anger, whatever those things are. But then, then what? Then what is the next thing? You know, what are we doing to fix this? What are we doing to not make this mistake again? What are we going to do to improve in the future so that... Um, we're not running into this problem because we're going to continue to hit this problem again and again and again until we face it. Right. And a lot of times, like Annie said, it's not about the dishes in the sink. It's about other things. And let's work on that. Let's spend some time in that space. And it takes a lot of courage, I think, um, for Annie to use her words and tell me how she feels. But I feel like I'm working a lot on not being triggered um, by my wound of not being enough, not being worthy of love, um, not being able to cope. Um, all of those lies that I've been telling myself as I'm feeling those things coming in, I'm realizing "Mm, that's me. That's not her. That's me. Or that is her. That's all her. That has nothing to do with me. Like, and so like just kind of that kind of clarity has been really good. It's back to that language, knowing what, what that means. What is your language? And that just takes time. That's just a matter of having enough patience with your partner to, figure that out together and having enough compassion for 
them because it's not easy. We are triggered. We're just triggered human beings who have our own trauma and problems. And and knowing what your partner's fighting style is is important too. If you and your partner have different fighting styles, you need to communicate about that as well. Okay, when we get to this point, how are we going to... Then what? Yeah, mm-hmm. because... I'm not going to hear you if you're just talking at me and I want to retreat. So like, let's take a break. Let's take a night, a couple hours, go watch TV, go one, one, go call some friends, whatever it is that needs to happen because our retreating and stonewalling is actually working for us because we both do it. But here's our rules of engagement. This is, this is, it's not just an unwritten, like we've got very clear rules. I will say, and I'm really, I'm mad as I've ever been right now. I'm so stinking mad. I'm going to need some time, but we're going to come back to this. I think that's a huge, huge takeaway. Uh, calling a timeout. Yeah. Right? You don't have to see it through right in that moment. But, no. but she needs to know she's safe. Back to the word. Mm-hmm. She's safe. So, babe, I'm, man, I want to punch a hole in the wall right now. It's probably a good idea if I go to the gym or go for a ride or do something. But we're going to come back to this and we're going to work on this. And I don't have to say that many words because we've already made this agreement. But I'm going to say, I'll say, I got I need some time. And so she knows that time has a an expiration point. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes the time is, and we'll talk a little bit about our love journal. The time is, I've, I've written it out, I'm good. But I can check in with her. She can check in with me. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, I love you. And she loves me. And we're good. We're going to move forward. That's it. I'm not going to hold a grudge. And this is something remarkable about Annie, which I find astounding. This is what makes me a lucky man, is the fact that when she says that she forgives me, she really does. She's not keeping score. And I know that there's times when it comes up where she's going to say or she's going to think, ooh, remember that one time? But she doesn't. She doesn't throw it in my face again and again and again. If she says, okay, I forgive you, Rob, then she's going to remember that as well. And she does forgive me so that I can continue to work on it. I continue to work on it. Well, that's a big key. That's that's from the golden nuggets and and everything. Yeah, forgiveness is a, is a massive key. And and like you just said, if you're gonna say it, mean it. Yeah. And when you say I forgive you, it's done. Yeah. And you got to move forward. Yep. Can't hold it. No. Even if it still hurts a little bit, I know Annie's working on things. I've hurt Annie. I know she's still working on things that I've hurt her over, but she's forgiven me, and now she's working on it. It's her hers to own, and it's mine to get better from. That doesn't mean I get to do it again. It doesn't mean I get to go out and make those same mistakes again. I've got to get better. And when I ask for forgiveness, I'm asking for forgiveness that's simply, please forgive me. I'm going to do my best to make this not happen again or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really the secret is like when I'm apologizing, which I apologize a lot and quickly because I realized, man, that was was out of line. I, I stepped over. I made the mistake and I need to own that. So kind of humbling myself, that masculine energy and just kind of saying that. And then Annie being um, wise enough to say, okay, I forgive you. Or she's told me at other times, like, no, I'm mad about this right now still. And I'm still working on it. And I'm going to work on it till I feel my feelings. Let me know what I can do. I'm I'm right here. You need a punching bag. I'm your guy, you know. And, and so that's a, a big a big step in there. And we've been on the verge of divorce again and again and again, over and over again in our lives, uh, in our relationship, because it is hard. And I don't want you to think that as we're discussing these principles, it's um, been smooth sailing. It's been, she's raising someone else's kids. She's bringing them into her life and making them her kids. And then they're hurting her. She's dealing with a man that has 
wounds from a past wife, wounds, you know, all these different injuries, and I'm doing the best that I can. The, the difference is, is that she's giving me the grace to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes she reminds me because my language on myself is much harder. God, I should have done, oh, man, I really messed that up. She's much more kind to me than I am. And um, oftentimes I think she probably loves me more than I do. And because of that, we're able to continually forgive one another and move forward. With the forgiveness, you have to have that compassion. I think that it's important to give permission to feel the wound even past forgiveness because you as a person need to set a boundary. Otherwise, you're going to get walked all over. And so when Rob says, I forgive him, really, I do. But also, I am wounded. And you can call it PTSD, whatever you want. That's an easy way to say it because something will come up. But rather than I'm not using what he did now to do it back to him because that's not forgiveness. And I'm not reminding him and shoving it down his throat when it comes up again. But I am saying this hurt me and I'm feeling I'm unsafe. feeling it. So forgiveness, part of that forgiveness is taking now responsibility and talking about it. Like, Hey, this triggered this thing in me. And, uh, um, I need to set a new boundary here because obviously I'm still working on this wound, hmm. but you're still forgiven. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not bringing this up intentionally to make a big deal, but being honest with myself and with you, like, oh, this triggered me from this because it's happened and it hurts and pain is real. And so, but speaking about it is important. You have to, and he has to have humility for what has happened and the feelings I feel. And I have to have humility in the same aspect. I've hurt him too. So knowing that hurt doesn't go away, that you can have forgiveness, but also that, it's created something inside of you. And so how do you move forward with it rather Mm. than denying it and rejecting it? How do you get better and stronger as a person so that your relationship can get stronger as well? Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. And the other thing I want to talk about is intentional time with one another in that the love language area. Um, And we call that date night. Um, Date night could be something as simple as, so we sell real estate and sometimes we have an appointment and it's Tuesday nights, every Tuesday, it's on the calendar. This is what we're doing. And we'll, we have to show houses in Tooele. So let's go together rather than me just going by myself. We've got a sitter anyway. Let's go to Tooele. We're going to show these houses together and then let's get dinner out there and, and spend time together. So a date night doesn't have to be like an adventure every time, but it has to be intentional time together in this, in the love language space. I need to be being present with Annie. She needs to be touching my back and holding my hand and letting me letting me know that I'm her white knight in shining armor and if we do that um, our relationship is much more just smooth things go much smoother if you actually do a date night we didn't do a date night for a long time and we've got some great friends Aaron and Shanna and they do it all the uh, regularly and they gave us the idea and it really has made a huge difference in my opinion what are your thoughts on date night yeah it has made a big difference do you look forward to it or? I do. Yeah, I do too. We take turns planning date night and sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll be like, no, no, I've got it this time. And sometimes she'll do it. Most of the time Annie is taking the reins because by the time I get around to the um, to doing it, to putting it together, it's the day of. And so it, um, I don't have, unless I have an idea that drops in, you were telling me about this great place you had dinner with 
your partner and and you did this one thing and oh man I'm gonna do that with Annie that sounds like a great idea that's the only, that's the best planning that I do I'm, just, I'm, I'm being honest I'm a dude but Annie will have like oh no I've I've got something that we're gonna go do the the tricky part is is um, when it happens for example um, she likes to get a pedicure once in a while not my favorite thing. In fact, it scores incredibly low. <laughs> on touch my feet, I'm, you will die. That's gotcha. Yep, that's me. But we go and we do a pedicure, and so for me to engage and to be present, um, I'm gonna I'm all in on whatever the plan is. That's that's my goal. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I have a question for you though. Do you, when you're planning this, do you consciously make an effort to put him in a position to succeed? What I mean by that, like if, if the you want to be in each other's love language, right? Are you setting him up when you're planning this that we are going to have this moment where it is just us and we're connecting the eye-to-eye type of thing? Yes, and because one of my love language is is acts of service, his date could be shit. But the fact that he planned it, that's where the points are. Mm. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what the date is. It's that he took an effort to actually plan something. It's an act of service. That you took something off of my to-do list. That's but that's also a huge recognition on your part that you're you're appreciating that aspect of it. Right. So you're thinking above the actual the problem at hand. Right. Yeah. I didn't get what I want. That's never really um, the end goal for a date night. I didn't get what I was after. Mm-hmm. And a date night can simply be I'm I'm really. I've just had such a hectic week. Can we just go for a walk around the lake over there? And we we've done that. Put and on I... our walking shoes and we just book it. And mm-hmm. I, when I'm out there, I'm like, I get to speak my mind and get all these things off my chest. And Annie gets to talk. And then at the end, man, I just feel super connected. I feel very close to Annie. And we just walked around the Ochre Lake out in daybreak. It wasn't there. There's no magic to that, you know. Something else I love to do. It's one of the, you know like. Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever. So when Rob is really nice and I, I hope he enjoys it, but I like to give him a facial like, okay, now it's fun for me. It seems like work, but I actually enjoy that. And so he'll lay down and I get him relaxed and wash his face. And so it's a fun thing too. Hmm. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> like the pedicure probably. It's, it's terrible. Um, but I'm all about it because I know it makes Annie happy and, um, and that's what it's about. It's about trying to find that spot. So we've talked about a couple of different things. We've talked about a couple of hacks. Date night is one. Covert contracts. Love language. There's a lot of these different little things that I want to like really spend a, a minute on as we've as we've had this happening tonight. But the the biggest one that I want to um, leave, in my opinion, my perspective is the decision is to decide as a couple what you want. What do you actually want together? Because um, if you don't have that unified movement forward, you're going to be going backward. You'll be drifting apart. And so one of the things that Annie and I do is we um, we talk about our goals. We talk about our dreams. But we, um, we're unified in the fact that this is, this is it. This is what we're doing, and we're doing it together. And there's nobody else I'd rather do it with. Mm-hmm. And, and communicating that and saying it and thinking about it and sharing it and over and over and over again. Because that's it. And there was a point um, on our last vacation. We were in Lake Powell and we were kind of like in a bad patch. And I remember turning and looking at you and saying, just so you know, that's not an option. Divorce is not an option. I want to take that word out of our vocabulary. Or separating because we were talking about me getting an apartment or like 
having different places. It's just not, it's just not part of the the equation anymore. I, mean, I want to take that off the table. Once I said that, and I felt strongly about it, and she looked at me and she said, "Okay, then that's the way that it will be. I, it, that is the decision. Is we're going to work on this, no matter what. And I'm going to I'm going to fail. I'm going to drop the ball, and I'm going to make terrible mistakes. And I know Annie will." fall short of what she wants to do as well, but that's okay. The, it's just not part of the equation. You know, uh, that's a very interesting, very interesting point. I would imagine the trickle down from that, making that one decision is, is quite big. By an example, and I know we're not, you know, you don't want to live in the fight mode all the time, but if you're going to have a fight and you know that in the back of your head, that allows you to actually have that fight where you're not holding anything back and it, I should have said this or anything like that get everything out so your rebound time out of those fights is going to be a lot a lot less right because you're going to have the fight right it's going to happen it's going to happen and that's huge for me because my challenge is speaking all of the things i need and feel and that's my struggle and so with that in the back of my mind well he's not leaving me so i'm just gonna just let it go say it like because that i feel if I'm taking personal responsibility for my part that's made it so our relationship has struggles, it's me not speaking up. It's me not telling him what I want and what's bugging me or what is what my dreams are or whatever the thing is, that is my part that has made it difficult. And so when he's, if I can feel safe and no, okay, well, he's not going to leave me. So I, I'm going to speak this way and I'm, I'm not a crazy person. I'd really try to speak very carefully. And so it's to find a solution. And if you're just a crazy person, that's going to be mean and abusive. That's not okay. You know, it's never okay. But knowing that I'm safe and he's not going to say, well, let's just get divorced because he has done that to me in the past. Like, Oh, you have a problem. Let's just get divorced. And we're, we're past that. We're way more mature in our relationship. And so I can say what I need to say and have that faith that he's not going to leave. So then there's, that's important to know that to, to be, make the decision. But then, um, the last thing um, that we talked about, I wanted to circle back one more time is to have a, um, very clear, um, rules of engagement. Um, if I know her style, her fighting style, and she knows my fighting style, if we separate, I need her to know that she's safe. I'm going to separate, but I just need some time to cool off. And she needs to say that to me too. We're going to work this out, but I need to go for a walk. I need to, whatever it is, we'll, we'll talk about it then. Great. Let's just put a pin in it. And we can, we can come back together in a much calmer, more rational adult way rather than two children fighting. Um, I bring that um, up as the final point uh, as we're talking about this because it's just important that, um, number one, you've got your mind made up. And number two, when things go south, there's a plan. Um, I, a lot of divorces I think are happening because they go right to the D word mm-hmm. and they have no plan. They have no, like, what can we do to make this work? Um, and that is a, you know, what is that? What do they say? If you plan to fail, fail the plan, that, that same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is, I think what's happening with this 57%. They're all coming in with this Disneyland perspective on how their relationships are going to be. And then when it doesn't work out that way, when someone starts to get sick, someone gets tired, someone gets hungry, someone gets horny, someone gets all these things that we're going to feel along the way, then things break down and there's no, there's no backup plan. There's no like, okay, now what are we going to do? Sure. 
So it's just important to have those contingencies set up. And a lot of times you don't know what they are until you come across that. And so what I want to say is when you when you cross that bridge and you have this breakdown in communication, it's important to be like, okay, like that didn't work. Like, what are we going to do about that? Like, that's not okay. I don't want to do that again. That sucked. And then stick to the plan. Stick to the plan because it will continue to happen until you fix it. You know, in everything that you, in all the across all the points that you guys have made, if I were to put it in a nutshell, it would be to communicate and find the way to communicate with each other. And don't be afraid to put your, your truth out there that I need the, I need the dishes done. You know, and, and again, speaking as the guy, clear instructions, I'm, I'm your guy. I, I can go and do that, you know, but, but it also works in, in return. I have to figure out what your love language, or, you know, what her love language is. And, and how to navigate that. But it all comes back down to you have to communicate. No matter what's going on and find the ways and the methods, what it, learn the different styles of, of whether it's the fighting style or whether it's the love language style. You have to figure these channels out and communicate them back and forth to one another. Yep. And as cliche as it is, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. A new relationship, a new partner is not going to fix your problems because they're your problems. Mm -hmm. Learn how to fix your problems in the relationship you're in, or you're going to have the same problems in the next one. Amen. Mm -hmm. I can, I speak, I know that from front row, the problems I had with my first wife, second wife are the problems that I have in this relationship. Mm -hmm. But then I was so much younger and I was, I would just run away. I would build that. I would stonewall and we, there wasn't a rule of engagement. And so the, the stonewall created distance and then the distance created animosity, created anger, created distrust and to the point where we weren't even friends anymore. And I regret that, that relationship. Knowing what I know now, could I have made it work? Maybe, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what am I going to do today with Annie to not follow the same steps? So when we deliver these messages in our relationship advice, we're not delivering them as authorities. Like this is what counselors say, or this is how it should be. What we're saying is this is something that we've learned along the way through continually failing until we figured it out. It's not theoretical. This isn't textbook stuff. This is real life stuff. Right, right. And so we're not we're not marriage counselors by any means. And I know that next year we're going to have a different set of problems. But I know full well that I'm going to work those problems out with Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, be, and knowing that gives me the strength and the, the courage to, to bring it. Let's see what you got, you know. Because I'm not doing it by myself anymore. I'm doing it with my partner my, my person. And so, um, if, if this is something that resonates with you, leave a comment in the, in the notes, um, share this with, uh, with others. Annie are going to be back to do other, um, nuggets for relationships. I'd like to talk more about the uh, relationship journal that we have. The love journal is what we call it. I want to talk about a couple of the other things that we do, even when things are going well, some strategies that we use to really be present with one another and um, how these have really helped us grow in our relationship. Uh, share this, um, leave the comments, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with everyone you know, because what we're trying to share with you is life hacks. And if there's something that you would like us to talk more about, something that's important to you, let us know because we would love to visit those issues with you. Thank you so much for listening and have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you.